Good morning, everybody. Today, Bezrat Hashem, we'll be learning Daf Chav Ches in Maseches Moed Katan, which means we're in the penultimate Daf. That means the second to last, Tzvi Topper. Daf in Maseches Moed Katan. And we're going to discuss death, the um, comfortable subject of death. It's interesting to note that even though Chazal say that Olam Azez a prosdor uh, to Olam Haba, which would imply that the Iker is Olam Haba, doesn't really necessarily mean that the Iker is Olam Haba per se uh, for us in Olam Azeh, which is to say, yes, it is a hallway, but this is what we got, and we're going to make the most of it, so much so that we don't really focus on what goes on in Olam Haba. We're just focusing on what goes on in Olam Azeh. This uh, end of Moed Katam, when we talk about different types of death and what the death experience is like, is, is somewhat of an exception. If you look at, for example, the Ramban versus the Rambam, if somebody outside of Yiddishkeit would look, they would say, well, these two individuals are uh, members of different religions, right? Because so many of the other, so to speak, religions of the Umos Olam are focused on what is this, what does this Olam Haba look like? Right? What do we have waiting for us? And it's very specific, right? And it's very important. Uh, we don't, you know, focus on it. We are, we're here now and we're focusing on the, on, on, we're very pragmatic, right? We're focusing on what is our... Uh, goal here, and certainly to the extent that it's a prosdor, well, the point there is that you don't take it with you, meaning this is our opportunity. We look at Olam Hazeh, right, in our lives as opportunities to be Ovde Hashem and to, right, to make an impact and impression in the world now during our lives. Less so focused on what would happen afterwards because that's not the point now, that's not the task at hand. So, with that in mind, let's start on the last line. Our task is hand, as Andrew always reminds us, is to finish the daf, which we will not be doing today because we have a very short daf tomorrow, so we're pacing ourselves. We're going to do a negative split, Andrew. I'll explain to you. What the, in, in running, that means the second half you do more than the first. Okay. Velo shel nashim Last line, Okay, the Mishnah had said, you're taking out, right, the, the, the Aron, uh, not, you know, right, which is the covered mace. You're taking out the mace. And with women, it was sometimes thought that, well, if, let's say, God forbid, Rahman Etzlan is going to be, I'm just going to give a blanket, Rahman Etzlan law, Lenu, on all of this, all, all these Gemaras. Uh, but right, a woman passes during childbirth, okay? So she's uh, possibly going to have more, let's say, blood that's going to come out. And she's in this white sheet, and it's not really kavadik, right? So the question is, women, um, there's also menstruating women and, and, and the like, so how that biologically relates to Misa and all that is not going to be our focus, just the point is that women weren't always put, as the Mishnah said, right, you would not put the mitosein shel nashim, the woman who's, uh, who's wrapped up, right, in the talus, the mace, you're not going to put that outside in the rechov, so the Gemara says, right, the last four lines, four words here, Amre Nehardai, Lo Shanu, as we turn to Chavchesamet Aleph, Ela Chaya, right? Aval Sharnashim and Nichin. So, uh, a detail that they, they would assume that if she was, let's say, it's possible that she was Anida, that, that they would still, right, that she had been Anida, right? Obviously now she's, she's a mace, but they're going to put her out in the Rechov. It's only if somebody was uh, passed away, Khalila during childbirth, that they would actually not put them out, Baruchov. Or, Machlokas, Rabbi Lazar Amar, Afilu Shar Nashim, 
that nobody's going to be put out in the Rechov. None of the women. Why? Remez, right? That's Miriam where she passed away. So she, being a female, was buried on the spot. In other words, there was not like a viewing, so to speak, as the Gemara continues to say, that with women, right? You don't even wait a, sh- uh, um, a short amount of time. They bury right away. Right? And Miriam certainly was not, that was not during childbirth at all, right? She was already past that. Okay. Uh, now we're in the topic of the death of Miriam. We're going to say, Amar Belazar, of Miriam ben Nishika Mesa. The manner of death of Miriam was in Nishika. What's in Nishika? Right? We talk about this. Some people could die in traumatic ways. Some people could die in what's called like a kiss from Hashem. Miriam died in a kiss from Hashem format. Asya Sham Sham, Mimosha. We have Xera Shava. The word Sham appears. By Moshe, and also, right, during his death, right, and also, it says, Vayamas Sham Moshe, in case you're wondering, it's in Devarim, Lamedalid, right, so it says, uh, by his death, and by Miriam also, it says Sham, right, as we just mentioned, Vatamas Sham Miriam, and therefore, they both, we know by Moshe Rabbeinu that he died by Neshika, okay, and now, why does it not say, so it says Sham, ask the Gemara, Al Pi Hashem, why doesn't it say beferish that it was Hashem uh, I'll, by by the mouth of Hashem? Why should it say that? Well, that is in fact what it says by Moshe and Aaron. By Moshe and Aaron, it actually says Al Pi Hashem. Um, you look at Varim Lamedalot over there, and by Midbar Lamed Gimel, it says Al Pi Hashem. So Al Pi Hashem is also it's like a neshika, but it's a more explicit. Right, uh, allusion to the fact that Moshe and Aaron died by Neshika. So why, by Miriam, does it say the term Sham, like it says in Moshe Benu, but not Al Pi Hashem, says the Gemara, Mipnei Shagnai Hadavar Omro. Yeah, because it's risque, right? Because Miriam was a woman, and Al Pi Hashem sounds, right, we have Tzvitapa here, it sounds like they're doing mouth-to-mouth resuscitation, right, uh, so to speak, right? Or Al Pi Hashem, you don't use that anthropomorphic idea of Hashem with Miriam because she's a woman, and therefore you just say Sham to indicate that she died by Neshika. Okay. Another aspect of the death of Miriam, Amar Rabbi Ami, Lama Nismachamitas Miriam Laparshas Para Aduma. Okay, so the, uh, it happens to be, right, the death of Miriam comes right before Para Aduma. Okay, so it says, uh, well, actually, uh, paraduma first, and then, and then the death of Miriam. So, right? and we know very famously, paraduma is mechaper on Tumas Mace specifically, and, and therefore, uh, Misa itself is something which is mechaper, right, for, for Avonos, okay? Uh, similarly, Amar Rabbi Lazar, Lama Nisbechamitas Aaron the Big Day Kahuna, right? We're asking Miriam was by Paraduma, Aaron was a Big Day Kahuna. Now, the unfortunate point out, this isn't exactly a Smichas Parshius. We we're talking about, uh, well, we're used to Smichas Parshius, so with Miriam, that's, that's a more classic Smichas Parshius, where you have the Parsha of Miriam's death and then followed by the Parsha of Paraduma. By the, uh, by Rabbi Lazar, it's, by, by, um, Amitas Aaron, it's actually part and parcel of the story, right? Uh, we talked about this, uh, at great length. Uh, actually, uh, I believe it was Masechas Yuma when we were talking about all the steps of Aaron, um, and his death. When we're taking off the Big Degahuna, we're putting on the Big Degahuna. There was a ceremony. When Aaron died, it was very premeditated, like it was orchestrated. They took off the Big Degahuna of Aaron and they put it on his children. 
right? That was part of, and then they laid him down, right? So that was part of the death ceremony of Aaron and the passing of the torch of the kahuna to his children. So it's not really a smichas parshios. It's just what does the whole story and right and uh, description of the big day kahuna have to do uh, with Misa? Why, or another way of saying it is. Aaron could have just died on the couch, right, so to speak. But we made a ceremony that involved the passing of the, of the Begadim. So why did that ceremony, the passing of the Begadim, have to be, right, part of his Misa process? Says the Gemara, as, similarly, as we said by Miriam, Ma big de kahuna mechaprin, af misasen shatzadikim mechaperes. Right? Again, that the big de kahuna were included in that Misa of Aaron to show you that that is part of the, of the kapara, that there's a kapara involved um, with Big Dekuna, Kapar involved in Misa, and to highlight that point. Okay. Fine. So now we're going to talk about what's called Kares, right? We talk about Isuri Kares all the time. Kares, uh, right? So, so you would say literally would mean that you're cut off or that you die young, Khalila, right? So, Tanarabanan, Mace Pit Om, Zui Misa Khatufa. Chalayom Echad, Mace Zui Mita Dechufa. Okay, so the uh, Brysa is implying if a person has a sudden death or is only sick for one day, which is almost like a sudden death, um, and then dies, so that is a little bit quick. You're trying to, it's trying to send you kind of a message. We're going to see later that if that happens very, very advanced stage of life, that's not considered curious at all. But if it happens younger, so it's a sign that there's some form of reason why it happened so, um, so suddenly. What's the difference between what's chatufa mean? What's dechufa mean? Tosfa, so if you don't know what it means, don't feel, don't beat yourself up. Tosfos, Khatufa. Loyadana Maishnahu Minale. I don't know what this is. In other words, the exact terms, we don't know what they mean, but the point is one of them is Khatufa means you die suddenly, and the Khufa means you die after being sick for one day. Now, Abi Khananya bin Gamliel Omer, Zui Mitas Magefa. He's referring to the dying after one day of sickness. You have one day of sickness and then you die, that's like a magefa. Shinehemar, it says in Pasuk in Yechezkel, Ben Adam. Right? I'm going to take, I'm going to take your life, but magefa. And then after that it says, um, in Pasuk Yechez, There he goes. I spoke to them in the day and then she died in, in the night. The, the machmadeinecha was his wife. So it says, I'm going to take her b'magefa. He was speaking. He went to work that morning and she was sick, but he went to work anyway. And then when he came that night, already it had been taken away from him. So to show you, she had gotten sick and then passed away that day. That is the description of magefa as in the Pasuk in Yecheskel. Okay. Now, continuing the, the Tanakhama of the Bryce as follows. Shneyamim. Umes, right? So we talked about sudden death and we talked about dying after one day of sickness. What about two days of sickness? Zuhi misa dechuya, right? So that's not chatufa, it's not dechufa, it's dechuya. Shlosha, ge'ara, that's called ge'ara. And arba is nezifa. Chamisha is misas koladam. Okay, so ramping up to five, that's like that five is the derech adam. In other words, that's not a misa bidishamayim, that's not a special message, that's just natural death. Five days of sickness and then passing away. So, I'm a Rabbi Chanin. My Kra. How do we know this idea that five days uh, is natural death? What's going on here? So, we have the Pasuk and Devarim as follows. Hain karvu yamecha lamus, right? Kashbaku is telling Moshe Rabbeinu that he's about to die. 
Now, count it up. Hain, Ma'chad. Hain is one day. Karvu is multiple, right? So they're coming close, but it's two. So one plus two, right? So karvu, tray. Yamecha, and then two days, right? A multiple of days, tray. So hain, one, karvu, tray. Yamecha, tray. One plus two, plus two. Ha, ah, you add it up and you get chamisha. Hain, karvu, yamecha, lamus is a remiss to the fact that obviously Moshe Rabbeinu was not going to get a kares, right? So therefore he was going to get a natural death as we know, and therefore his natural death was going to be preceded by five days of sort of uh, getting of preparation of sickness, so to speak. By the way, says the Gemara, Hain Chad, what is, where do we know the Hain is Chad? We never saw that anywhere, says the Gemara, Shekein Belashon Yevani Korin Lachas Hain. Rabbi Pinchas Gross uh, Shlita of uh, Nachal Rusk talks about this uh, We've had, this is not the first example we've had where you use Greek words to explain words in the Torah, right? This is a Pusuk in the Torah. And we're using the Greek word to, to tell us what that meant. In other words, think it through. That means that when, a, when, when, a Torah, when Hashem, so to speak, wrote the Torah, he had in mind that we were going to interpret it based on Greek later. Right, if that's the if that's the lesson that we're supposed to learn from it, but Rabbi Gross has a whole bunch of explanations. Right, we already had this um, where we were saying the Greek terms. How do we know what maror is? How do we know uh, when we had we had that in Psachim? It's based on on um, Egyptian words. Okay, be that as it may, um, you take the whole world experience of life uh, globally, and you can apply it all to the Torah. Okay, um, and and it's not we're not afraid of that anyway. Okay, so that is that that is a natural death. Continuing with the brisa now. Okay, so what's kares? So if you die, that's kares. You might know him better as Shmuel Hanavi. He's sometimes referred to as Shmuel Haramasi because he's from the Rama. Okay. So that's 52. We'll see. Wait a minute. Is that kares? So we're going to see. And shishim. And if you make it to 60, zui misa shamaim. That's already misa shamaim. So wait. So, so misa shamaim is not as bad as kares. Sounds like kares you die earlier, right? So let's see what this gematria means. So I'm a mezutra. My kra. Where are we going to get the makar for this? This is a very morbid topic, isn't it, Andrew? Welcome back, by the way. <laughs> okay, my kra. It says an eov. Okay, chelach means in this context when you're when you're old. Elay cover. Okay. So he says, so it says Bechelach is when you're gonna end up in the grave. What's Bechelach? Says the Gemara. Again, amazingly. Bechelach Bikimatra Shitin Havu. Bechelach is Gimatria. Add it up. Twenty plus thirty plus eight. Wait. Oh, with the with the base is, is two. Right, 20 plus 30 plus 8 plus 2. Yeah, so that's 20 plus 30 plus 10. That's 60. There you go. Bechelach, gematria. Uh, we, we, we see gematrias, you know, whenever you're at a bar mitzvah or a shever brachos and, and, uh, an uncle, an, an uncle whatever gets into the gematrias, you roll your eyes, Andrew. But the fact of the matter is, gematria, I do too, but the gematria does appear here and there. Stam nazira, shloshim yom. Other halachas that we learn from gematria. 
Okay, so we have over here the gematria uh, teaching you that sixty days from Eov, a uh, sixty years rather, is 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 regular. And the Brisa continues, Shivim is Seva, seventy is a good old age. Shmonim is Gevuros. This you're going to be uh, familiar with from a pasuk in Tehillim Dechsev. It says Tehillim Tzadik, Yemesh Nosenu Bahem Shivim Shana, Dim Begvuros Shmonim Shana. Okay, so those are the the lifespans here. Now, we, we, before we were talking about Shmuel Aram Masi, let's go back a little bit to this uh, 50. Amaraba, Mechamishim Vachishim Shana, Zuimitas Kares. Right? So that's what we said, right? That it's Kares uh, in the 50s, and then 60 already is Misib De Shemaim. Ay, Vahai de Lo Choshev Lahu. Right? Why did it not say uh, that? In other words, the Gemara, the Brysa didn't say that. The Gemara says 50 is Kares, 60 is. Right is Misib uh, Shemaim. It didn't say that between, what what between fifty and sixty is. Well, you can imply that it's kares, but it said fifty is kares. So it didn't actually spell out what it means when a person dies in their fifties. So why didn't it spell it out? Says the Gemara. Yeah, because we if we had spelled out that anybody who dies in their fifties is a kar, it's a kares, it would have implicated that Shmuel Hanavi. Died Mikares. And that certainly could not have been true because he was a major tzaddik. Okay. So, so, so therefore, but why did he die there? So he had a different, he had a different reason why he had to die at, at 52. Um, right. So, right. So in other words, by leaving it out, we implied that maybe he didn't get Kares because all we're saying is that 50 is Kares. Okay. So, Fine, but everybody, but we're, as we're going to see, there's different, obviously, reasons, right? You have chas v'shalom, and again, blanket chas v'shalom, chaliglad la leinu, and all of this, but you have, uh, children, right? God forbid, who die at tender ages where they're free of sin completely. And so obviously, right, uh, there are other factors. This is just sort of guidelines, but all of these guidelines are superimposed on a gajillion other guidelines, so it's not to be taken not to be taken uh, literally on its own, I should say. Not to be taken in a vacuum, isolated. as like, oh, yeah, well, that guy, obviously, um, he died young because of Karis or whatever, okay? So be that as it may, so right, we're, we're going to see other considerations. We'll see uh, other, other mycin where there were other considerations where people um, had to die at a certain age, having nothing to do with their own Averis, but it's a whole big tapestry that Akash Baruch Hu is running over here, so... Let's continue. Rav Yosef Kihava Barshisin. So Rav Yosef reached the age of 60, so he was out of Kares. Right? He made a, a birthday party. He had a, a big 60th birthday party. Why? Because he got out of Kares. The Amar, and he was explaining, Nafki Limi Kares, right? So it was this big no Kares party. So, uh, right? So um, when we turn um, 60, think about that. And we'll make a no Kares party. Okay, Amalei Abaye. Wait a minute. He did nafik leimar mikaris dishnei, mikaris diyame min nafik mar. Wait a minute. You don't have kares of years, okay? But what about kares of days? What's kares of days? Well, sometimes, as Rashi in Xaviad explains, we talked about misa chatufa, misa dechufa, right? We talked about the sudden death. So he said. Yes, you didn't get the Karis of years, which is which is, uh, which expires at sixty, so to speak. But you could still, God forbid, be in some <laughs> calamity right in the morning, 
and you'll have, it'll be an indication of Karius. In other words, right, a 175-year-old guy, if he could, if he like, if he's on a trip with his family and he falls into the Grand Canyon or whatever, right, uh, in the morning, so that's a form of Karius. That's called Karius Yamin, right? He didn't get the Karius Shonim, but you could still get that sudden death. That's not a nice thing to say at the 60th birthday party, Andrew. Well, he was just being real, okay? So Abayu was being real with Rabbi Yosef, and he was saying, yeah, you can still get that curry, so you could still fall, fall off a cliff. So um, Rabbi Yosef answered, Yeah, okay. I'm going to try to look at the glasses half full, if that's okay with you, right? He says, yeah, I understand. I could still fall off a cliff one day or have a piano fall on my head, you know, uh, when I'm walking down the street, but I actually, but at least I made it to 16, so it's worthy of celebration. I'm going to look, I'm going to not, um, right? So, okay, so granted, this is not a full um, absolution from Kare's uh, party, but at least I got out of that Kare's shanim. Okay. Another story. Ravuna Nachnaf Shepitom. So Ravuna actually had a sudden death experience. Havu Kadaigi Rabbanon. So now the Rabbanon are starting to talk, right? People talk, and they're starting to say, was Ravuna not a tzaddik? What, what, what was the deal here? Why did he get this Kare's Yamim, as we call it? That's the name of a place, like, sounds like of Dubai or something. So, a bunch of Tamidacham came from Dayab. I said, Lo shanu ela So, here we go. So, it's not true that if you're 85 and, or 175 and you fall off a cliff, that that's Kares. That Kares Pitomis is only if it's within the 60. Right, so a sudden death when you're when you're young, Khalila, is a catastrophe. But a sudden death when you're ancient is actually what we call nishika. It's a it's a gift. So so really, that's what Abaye could have answered. Uh, uh, that, that's what Yosef could have answered Abaye when Abaye, when Yosef made the party. Any right Karis Yamim after that actually would have been right. A, uh, would have been a nishika. So that, uh, it's, it's interesting, right? That, that would have been the right answer. So really, Rabbi Yosef had a different sheet over here. He, he, he held that the Karis Yamim could apply even after Karis Shanim. That may not be true. This Misa would indicate that the, that Zug from Hadayab um, disagreed with that idea. They say that once the Karis Shanim runs out, you no longer have Karis Yamim. Okay, fine. What else can, uh, what can we do for longevity, Andrew? Should we eat macrobiotics? Um, what you know, clean living. So let's see. I'm a Rava. We have the paramedic here, just in case we don't do it. But still, we sh- we don't want to get to that point, right? Tzvi Tzvi is the kind of guy you only want to see at Daf. You know, you don't want to see him hanging over you with the with the stethoscope. So I'm a Rava. Chaye bnei umazone. All three things. This is like how are you going to determine whether you have a good life, so to speak? So Chaye is arichos yamim. Bnei is, you know, how many children you have. And Mazone is roughly like how much wealth you're going to have, right? How much you're going to get to eat. So, Lobus Chusa Talamut, Milsa Elba Mazal Talimilsa. So, it's an interesting concept that Rava has, which is, you know what? You can't assume just because a guy has a good that it's because he has Chuyos. That's, so to speak, Mazal. I ain't Mazal Bisro. Not exactly. In Mazel Bisrael means that we could daven, we could change our fate, right? We have control to some extent, but it doesn't mean that there wasn't like a default, right? This means that there is a default. This guy, 
Some guys have all the luck, so to speak. I ate Mazel Beisrael. Yeah, you could change your fate, but there was a default without without your extra davening and ishtadlus. Oh. Well, what is what is Rava's raya that these things sometimes you can't always predict, and it's not entirely dependent on Yeshuyas? Let's look at Rabba and Ravchista. Rabba and Ravchista were two big tzaddikim. They seem to be davening. When you look, the Shmoneser is the same length, right? Davening with equal intensity. Their learning was both, you know, uh, as as learned as they could be. All their mitzvahs, obviously, as much as they could be. As the Gemara continues to say, Tarvayu Rabbanan Tzadikeyava, they're both massive, Rabbanan massive Tzadikim. Mar Matzlevi Asi Mitra, Mar Matzlevi Asi Mitra, both of them, when they daven, right, the rain falls. In other words, they were able to bring the rains with their tefillos. So they both had very effective tefillos, obviously, tremendous amount of schuyos. We already saw in Mesechas Tainis, right, that that was a nice litmus test of your tzitkas, right, that you get, if you could make it rain, so to speak. Okay, so Avchista lived to the ripe old age of 92. And Rabbi Nebuch died at 40 years old. Avchista in his 92 years was okay to participate in 60 weddings of his, right, of his children. And And somehow Rabbi managed to, so to speak, sit shivas. Um, right, uh, 60 times. A lot of people, there was a lot of, uh, a lot of death and, and, uh, in his, and, and mourning in his lifetime. Bey Rav Chista, Smita Lechalbe. Uh, right, so obviously we're going in order, right? The first is the kind of life that you're going to have. And so the lifespan, right? So it was 92 versus 40. The second was the how many children and how much nachas and how many simchas. And now the final was the wealth. So the smid al was solas chitim, fine flour, which was expensive. They were giving it to the, the to, to the dogs below misbay, and even that they didn't need. I mean, the dogs probably weren't even as interested. They had better dog food than that. In other words, that which was considered right a fine flour and something that was very valuable in the house of Rav Chista, even his dogs didn't love it. Raya, the Rav Chista had, had a dog. Okay, below misbay. Right, Bay Rabba Nama Desa'are Inche Lomishtakach, and Rabba was so poor, right, that that the bread that was made out of red saorim today barley bread is considered uh, a delicacy. But as we've already discussed many times, right, that the fine flour is considered right fancy, and the barley is considered more for like behemas, less fancy. Lomishtakach. However, they didn't even have that. They didn't even have the barley bread. Which is to say, Rabbah was poor, he had a lot of tsaras, and he died young. Ravchista was wealthy, he had a lot of simchas, and he died to a ripe old age. And these things were not nikva on anything other than that was what Hashem decided and had nothing to do with their schuyas because they both could make it rain. They're both with massive tamir chachamim and tzaddikim. Therefore, to show you, you can't really correlate, right, someone's quality of life with their tzidkas. Okay. That's Rava. Now Rava's saying more about this topic. I will tell you this. I asked for three things. I down for three things from Hashem. So two out of the three I got. I got. Two out of three ain't bad. Let me tell you what I, what I down for. What I got, what I didn't get as follows. He asked for the Chachma of Rav Huna. Rav Huna is known and mentioned many times as being 
very, very sharp. So he asked for Ravuna's Chachma, for Usrei the Ravchista. He wanted the wealth of Ravchista, as we just mentioned. He was quite wealthy. Biyavalui, those two things he got. So he got wealth and he got, and he got the, um, and he got the Chachma. And then, in Vanusei, the Rabba Baravuna, Lo Yavuli, he asked for Anivas, and he didn't get it. Which is almost, sounds like, almost like a joke, right? Like, I'm Zohar to be amazing. I'm just not Zohar to be a, a uh, to be humble, right? Um, now, what does that even mean? What does that mean, you're not Zohar to be humble? And what does that have to do with Bakasha? This, the Mepharshim explain, is a, a little bit of a conundrum because we say I call bidei shemaim chutz miyir shemaim. That really everything is supposed to be bidei shemaim, except for yir shemaim, of which humility should be a part of yir shemaim. In other words, what do you mean? You have to work at it. You don't daven to be humble, okay? Um, and 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 if you listen to the story of Shechter, there's a great story of Shechter Shlita, where he went to the stipler in his youth. We've mentioned this story before. And he asked him for bracha. He asked him for banim. He asked him for wealth. He asked him for the usual thing you ask him when you ask for bracha. And he asked him for chachma also. He asked for hatzlacha and his learning. So the stipler said to Herschel Shechter, he said, yeah, I'll give you bracha for all of that. At the time, actually, it happens to be that in, um, it happens to be the story of Shechter's life that they didn't have children until later on in their marriage. They were to many children uh, later, but for the first few years, they didn't have children. And that was the tzkufa when he went for brachas. To Gedolim in Eretz Yisrael. So he always tells the story. He went to the stipler's farm store. He used to run his farm store. And he gave him, uh, and he said, how much is the, and he bought, right over the Kilas Yaakov, he bought his safer from the stipler. He would sell his own farm. And so he would take the ladder, the stipler would, and we'd go up on the ladder to get the safer, you know, and later, in, later in his years. And he, and he said, and, he, and then Rav Shechter, let's say it was a 35 shekel for the safer. He gave him 100 shekel. And he gave him 65 shekel back. And he said, keep the change. He said, this isn't like a tzedakah, gadol, trip thing. This is my business. This is, it's 35 shekel. You know, I wouldn't accept the extra money. And when he asked for the bracha for learning, he said, learn. Can't give you a bracha for learning. You have to sit down and you got to do the work, right? You got to schmitz. So that was Roshechta telling us, as his Talmidim, right, that you, uh, you got to work and you got to learn and you got to do the schmitz. You can't just, um, you know, come back from Yeshana Aleph in Israel and buy a couple of sfarim and a hat and something like that and assume that all, all of a sudden it's implanted into your brain, right? You have to actually sit and do the work in Schwitz. So it's, a, it's, a, it's actually a philosophical question here. What was this davening that Rabbi had for Anivas? You don't daven for Anivas, you work on it. So the answer that Farshim will say is, yeah, he was working on it, but in every endeavor, you work at it and you ask for siyata deshmaya. That's the point. That you ask, this is, I believe, Tosfos um, brought it up here. Um, Right, that right. Um, that that's his element. Mezalia telling Milsa v'heksha b'tosfos over there. I the Amon b'sof Shabbos. We learned it in the end of Masechah Shabbos. Ain mazal Israel. Right. So what does it mean? B'yishlom did pamim mishtaneh ide mazal, and pamim she'ain mishtaneh. Sometimes yes, sometimes no. So that is to the to this point also that we're talking about the idea that it's true that certain things come to you. The mazel, some certain things come to you as a gift, etc., etc. And of course, it's also true that I call b'dei shemaim chutz miyir shemaim. But 
you can and should obviously always work on everything all the time. And in addition to that, daven for siyata deshmaya. Without the siyata deshmaya, you're not going to get very far. So that tefillah does work, in fact, for this. But the tefillah isn't the only vehicle. You have to do the hishtadlos as well. Okay. Now we're on to the interesting topic of meeting the malachamaves. Different malachamaves experiences that different chachamim had. As follows. Rav Seorim. We don't have too many people who we named Seorim. His name was Barley. He was Rava's brother. Rav Seorim achur de Rava. Rava's brother, Yosef Rava. He was standing by Rava. He had heard Rava wasn't doing well, and he and Chazid He sees Rava's towards the end. So Amar So Rava says to his brother, When the Malcham Avos comes, can you tell him not? Can you tell him not to make it to hurt too much? So Amar Sir Sa'orim says to his brother, Rava, Mar Aren't you like buddies with Hashem and the Malachim Avos and all the Malachim that you have that rapport? Like, who am I? I'm just, I'm just Barley, your brother. I've been living my whole life in your shadow and you're the one that really has the, that power to talk to the Malachim Avos. To which Rava answered, Amar came at the Imser Mazala lo He said, no, since my time has come, I no longer have control over it, which is to say, yeah, I, I can chill with the Malachim Avos as long as I'm talking about somebody else. But when my time has come, I have no right recourse at that point. I'm at his mercy, so to speak. So I'm related. So I said to Rav, fine. I'll talk to the Malachim Avos for you. But by the way, can you do me a favor? Lizchazi Leymar. After you die, can you um, come to me in a dream and let me know how it went? And sure enough, Rava said, okay. So he's chazilei. Sure enough, after he passed away, Rava appears to his brother Saorim in a dream and Amarlay and explains to him. Rava explains to Saorim what it was like. Uh, rather, rather Saorim, his brother, in the dream, asks him, how was it? Havalei Lamar Tzara, so new. How did it feel? So Amarlay, so Rava answers, Kirivda de Chusilta. It looked like bloodletting, which is to say it looked worse than it is, right? You see the needle, it's a little stressful, but it's not that bad. Okay. Another similar story. Rava, have a Yosef Kameder of Nachman. This is obviously, now we're doing a, uh, a retrospect. I forgot what it's called. When you're looking back, this is like a prequel. Ravan was still Bechayim, and he was had the similar experience in front of Rav Nachman. Chazik de Kam Menamnein. Right, Rav Nachman was looking like he was towards the end. So Amar Lei. So Rav Nachman says to Rava, Leima Leimar de Lola Tsarin. See, this is possibly why Saorim thought that Rava was buddy buddy with the Malchamavis, because Rava had in fact spoken to the Malchamavis in the past. So Rava at the time had asked Rav Nachman the same question. Amar Lei. Rava is asking Rav Nachman here. Aren't you a chashev person that you're buddy buddy with the Malcham Avos? So Amar Lei, so Nachman said, Man 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 Sfin Man Listen, when it's your time, does nobody's chashev, nobody's Sfin, right? Uh, it's like um, like Mitukan, right? Man right? In other words, you're not you're not chashev, uh, you're not a, you're not shtadi, uh, you're nothing basically in front of the Malcham Avos. When it's your turn, it's your turn. And, right, you're returning to the dust. So I'm LA. So Rav says, oh, good morning, by the way. <laughs> this guy just walked in the middle. Of, what did I walk into? The end of Moed Katan is a lot about um, death. So I'm LA. By the way, they say that the reason why, you ever notice, we're about to, we're, Andrew, soon we're going to learn Masech, uh, Seder Nashim. We're going to get to it. Not all of the order of Shas has Chagiga. 
uh, at the end. So, like, for example, I think it's Tosfos who asks, why is Yuvamos after Mord Kadden? For us, it's not. We're going to start Chagiga by the end of this week. But, but uh, if Mord Kadden is the end, then Yuvamos would be the next Masechta. So people talk about why are you learning Gittin before Kedushin. Well, Gittin is a bad scenario. Uh, Yevamos is a tragic, unique, even worse scenario. So that's a better question. Why would you start Satan Russian with Yevamos? So some say it's the juxtaposition of these morbid topics with the morbid topic of Yibum. But anyways, that's not for now, but soon. Coming attractions. Be that as it may, Amar Lei, so Rava says to Rav Nachman, So he asked the same thing that Sorim had asked of Rava years later. Rava asked Rav Nachman, come to me in a dream, let me know how the death went. So Ischazalei, sure enough, he comes in the dream. So Amalei, Rava says to him in the dream, Havalei Lamar, Tzara, did it hurt? Amalei, Rav Nachman answers, nah, Kemishchal Benisa Mechalva. Like taking hair out of milk. We, we talked about this. You might recall, Gemar Brachos Davches, that that's called uh, Misas Nishika. Wow. Okay, so not too bad at all. I ve'i amar li, and by the way, yes, it didn't hurt. However, adds of Nachman, had Hashem asked me, i amar li akadosh baruch hu zil be'ahu amar kad havis, go back to olam hazeh and do it again. Let's do this misa again, right? If he, if I was given the opportunity to relive my life, he said once he was already in olam hamas lo ba'ina, I would not have agreed to do it. Why? Din fish be because, listen, it didn't hurt when the time came, but I was terrified. <laughs> it, it, you know, Lemaise, it's not so bad, but like you could spend your whole life terrified from the Malach Abavis. I, I, I don't want to go through that stress again. I'm, 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 I'm okay now. Okay, fine. Okay, another story between one of Chazal and Malach Abavis. Lazar is eating. Truma. Havakachel Truma. So he's chazulei. Obviously, he's a, he's a kohen. Uh, he's eating truma kahona. That truma, right? And it's, and it's kadosh. He's chazulei. So the malacham of is coming and he's eating truma. Amalei. So Rabbi says truma kachila v'lav kadosh yikri. Right. In other words, I'm eating truma. Mind you, if he dies while he's eating truma, all of that hekdesh becomes tame because it touches tumas mace. So he says to the malacham of this is kind of a bad time. To which chalfalei shaita. So they rescheduled. Right, so as not to make the Kaddish Tameh. It's a good shtick. Okay. Another meaning, Rav Shesha says, Chazulei Beshuka. The Malachim Avis came to Rav Shesha in the Shuk. Amalei, Israchlit Lassin Yomim. So, so, Rav Ashi, what did I say, Rav Shesha? Rav Ashi was in the Shuk, and Rav Ashi says, Israchlit Lassin Yomim. He says to the Malachim Avis, Can you wait for me 30 days? What? What's 30 days? I wanted a Chazara. I want a Chazara my learning for 30 days. Damrisu, because you're going to say in Shemayim when I get there, Ashrei mi shebalachan ve'samudo be'yadai. Right? You're going to say, ah, look at this guy. He's coming and he's like a tavachacham. He's got the learning in his hand, in his back pocket, so to speak. So, so I want a chazer because I want to be able to show up at Shemayim knowing everything at the uh, right at the top of mind, tip of my tongue. Oh, so he asked, can I have 30 days to study, to cram? So beyond Tlas and Asa, so sure enough, the Malachim is granted him an extra 30 days, comes on the 30th day, and he knocks on his door, like, at Vasikin. So Ravashi says to him, what's, what's the rush? Why Davka today? Why so early, meaning? No, it's 30 days you gave me, fine. But why are you like so Zariz, Malachim to do your job? So Kadachka Ragle Dvar Nasan. So the Malachim had a terrace. He said, well, you, Ravashi, are the Rosh Hashiva. The Gadol Ador. 
Well, Rav Nasan, Bar Nasan was supposed to become the Gadol Adar. And every moment that you're still around, he can't be the Gadol Adar, and it's really his time. As we've seen already in Mesechus Brachos, that you can't have the Malchus, right, overlap even a little bit. And so, right, out with the old, in with the new. We have to have a changing of the guard, and therefore, that's why I came early today, and that was that story. Now, another story in the Malachim Ravchista, the Malacham Avos couldn't touch him, as we've said, right? I think it was, I believe it was Ravchista who lived in ninety-two. The law of Shasik Purim Gersa, he never stopped learning. We saw this shtick by David Melech also. David Melech was asked to know when he was going to die. He was told by Hashem when he was going to die. This all implied the Pesukim into Hillim, and so he learned all day long. But the Malacham Avos has a patent. He has a move that he always uses when this goes on, and he does the following: Solik Yosef Barza Debi Rav Malacham Avos goes on the tree. Shakes the tree, distracts the person learning. Paka arz of right? The tree uprooted, and that caught Rav Chisda's attention for a split second. Biyachile, and boom! In that split second of disturbed concentration, Malchamavit went right in there and did his work. Fine. Another story. He also, the Malchamavit couldn't couldn't get to him. Yamachad because he's always learning. He's always doing chesed. So Yomachad in Anya. So this time the Malchamavis has to try harder. I guess he tried the tree trick, it didn't work out. So he appears as a as an ani at the door. Asatar for Bava. Right? The Bava is the Shar, right? It's the doorway. So he's banging on the door like an ani. So he's going to disturb him from his learning that way. Please bring me some bread. Right? This is all the Malchamavis trying to distract the So Apikule. So Abchia had family members in the house and they brought him bread. So Amalai, so Malachamavis says to Abchia, Anya. Okay, so I see that Yamarachim Anim. Ahu Gavra Milo Kamarachim Mar. So he uses it as an analogy. He said, Why don't you have Rahmanas on me? What's this Rahmanas? So the Mufarshim explained like this. The Malachamavis is just the right, is just the messenger. He's really what? Representing Akarish Baruch, obviously. He doesn't he doesn't decide when it's your turn. It's Hashem that decides. And he's just doing the shlichos of Hashem. So he asked Rav Chiyav an unbelievable thing. He said, I'm just the messenger of Hashem. And you're making my job really difficult by doing all your chesed and davening. So can you please like, knock it off and just let me do my job? That is what Rav, the Malachamav said to Rav Chiyav. And then, Galilei Achavele Shuta Denura. The Malach at that point had to reveal himself to Reb and this concept of he looked like a like a shuta denura, like uh, like in Chad Gadya, right? That you had, like a stick filled with a uh, pillar of fire. So what's this pillar of fire? So some say this is what happens to like a Malach when they can't do their job; they turn into fire. Basically, uh, he was showing him. He said how that this was a burning, pressing need that he's just doing the Ratzon Hashem, and amazingly, Amtule Nafshe. Chia felt bad for the guy, so to speak, and gave him his nefesh. He's like, oh, well, since you asked nicely, now that I understand what's going on, and he gave him his nefesh. He gave him up, himself up, to the Malachamavis, because he figured, well, you're just doing your job, so I guess it's my time. Unbelievable. Barry shaking his head. These are incredible stories. Okay, so as we arrive at Chavchesim Beis, as I promised Andrew we would do, we are in the Mishnah uh, on Chavchesim Beis. Um... And we say the following. We're talking about the culture of the way they used to do, this is the last Mishnah in 
The culture of what the hespedim used to look like. So the men would give a, a lengthy hespade. The women had different customs. They would give short hespedim. They would give little snippets of psukim with perush that have to do with, right, avelus. And they would sometimes uh, pound their chest. Sometimes they would cry. Sometimes they would clap their hands and wail. So these are different things that they would do. So since this is Masech HaSmart Cut, we're talking about Cholomoed, and we're talking about different practices of Avelis and what could be done on certain days. When do you not say Hesped? When do you do? Right? You don't wait, obviously, uh, to bury, right? As we were learning White Cotton, right? This is the Elam and you learn all the halachas of when you bury and what you do if, if somebody dies on Yantav, as we already discussed, right? The rush on Elam Agalchim is the source of all of Hilchos Avelis, basically. So the question is, um, so on Cholamoid, certainly, Lo'aleinu, you do have a Levi, obviously, but you curtail some of your Hespate as follows. This is the Mishnah. Noshim b'moed ma'anos. So they're going to do the ma'anos. We'll explain what the ma'anos is. But at that practice, they do at the Levaya. Avalometapchos. They don't start hitting, right? The culture was that they would hit their hands like this in, in the morning. That they don't do on Cholamoid. That if you're right up against right the mace, then you can't do that. And then the Tanakhama continues to say, So right, that's a lower level than Cholamoid. And therefore, you could do both the Me'anos and the Metabchos. But both on Rosh Chodesh, and also on Cholamoid, you don't do the most um, depressing thing, which is Mekonos. When you read the, the keynote. When you're reading little uh, depressing sections of scripture in the Kina uh, tune, right? And then after the the mace is buried, then you do the then you don't do the ma'anos the metapchos. So what is this inui? That's when everyone answers together, and and they all wail together in Kina. This was the practice that she would say some some psukim and anyone answers. That's pasuk in Yirmiyah, the kina. Let's finish on a high note, guys. Says the Mishnah. The Mishnah finishes on a, on a high note. The asidlava. Who We're going to say the pasuk in Shaya. Bila hamavis lanetzach. That death will forever be gone. And Hashem will wipe the tears off everyone's faces. May we be zoiche to that day soon where we wipe the tears from our faces and smile eternally. We will resume tomorrow with the Gemara on the last thin line on Chavchesem and Beis.